Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Sometimes a fantasy football analyst comes along and asks you, Why so serious? In a world full of air yards, expected points added, DVOA, snap percentage, and many more terms that often can be blown way out of proportion and don't actually dictate what happens on the football field. All this week's guest wants to do is speak from the heart about the upcoming fantasy football week and tell you, Let's put a smile on that face. Welcome to Fantasy Football Origin Stories, where each episode is a journey back in time to explore the unique experiences of some of the coolest and most influential people in the fantasy football industry. I'm your host, Arnie Chapman, also known as the Football History Dude. Now, I love fantasy football, and I want you to come along with me to explore the yesteryear of the armchair gridiron. So hop on board my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. This time is the stuff of the DeLorean. The date is July 18th, 2008, and we're in any movie theater across America. We're here to watch what many claim to be the best Batman movie of all time. The Dark Knight. And it opens tonight. And if you ask me, I have to say it's probably my favorite Batman movie as well. And one of my top movies of all time. Or at least when it came out, the one I was most excited to leave the theater about or whatever you want to call it. And Heath Ledger's Joker? Arguably the best portrayal of the Joker. And it was a sad unfortunate ending to the whole story for Heath Ledger regarding around the movie. And it was also not really an ending that I wanted to have for my Detroit Lions in 2008 either. That's when they went 0-16. The perfectly imperfect season. Might I add you, they went undefeated in the preseason, but that's besides the point. It's almost like you had to ask me all the time, why so serious? Maybe it was Dan Orlovsky trying to put a smile on that face of Jared Allen when he ran out of the back of the end zone for his safety. The perfect play to describe exactly how that imperfect season went. But just like fantasy football, every year is a new year. This past Thanksgiving, we lost to the Green Bay Packers. Made me think again about how I got to put a smile on my face because moving forward, ah, get a little bit of heebie-jeebies, even though we're looking pretty good there. Got to watch the Barry Sanders documentary with my dad, so things were okay, even though I was bubbling like a baby the whole time. And no matter what side you lie on, this week's guest will keep you entertained, while at the same time sharing some wisdom about fantasy football. I present to you Jack Lucene, 
better known as the Fantasy Football Joker, and he's here to share his fantasy football origin story. Of course. It's weird being on this side of the mic. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't do it that well, that often either, being the, I guess you could say the guest instead of the host or whatever. I mean, I've, I've been doing the, the podcasting thing now for, geez, five years, six years almost. Actually, yeah, holy crap, it's almost six years. But like, I didn't, I started editing maybe, or I mean, sorry, interviewing maybe like 2019, was it? And then, but that it was a different show. It was like a history about a football history, not about fantasy football stuff. So, and then I kind of transitioned over to this because I originally wanted to do fantasy football from the jump, but you know, I just there was at the time I'm like, oh, who am I to be a fantasy football guy? So I went into football history instead. Yeah, I just started mine like a couple months ago, and uh, I so I've been like seeking out other channels that are similar. Uh, especially like uh, Case Kasem, uh, Dr. Murray there, and you were the three that I like really came up with that are still trucking because there were a lot that felt like petered out. So, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. weird uh, like doing fantasy football interviews, but uh, I wanted to like not have to talk about fantasy all the time. And, and I didn't even realize that you had, you know, with, uh, oh, geez, what's it called? The Joker wild card. What's it called? I forgot. Uh, I have it on my thing here. The fancy fo- the wild card Wednesdays. That's what it was. I didn't realize that's what it was until I dug a little deeper. Like, that's not even the reason why I brought you, wanted to bring on the show. I was just want to talk to everybody that's in the space about different things. So it was kind of cool how I real after looking into it, I was like, oh, doing the same thing that I'm doing. That's kind of neat. <laughs> yeah. So the branding. Uh, was something I actually struggled with when I was like deciding on starting the channel. Uh, and ultimately I just was like, look, I'm a huge Batman nerd. And the fact that nobody took the fantasy Joker already, uh, was a little bit of a miracle. So I was like, I gotta do it. Uh, so that's how I branded the overall channel. Uh, and then almost cause I'm a bit of a Muppet when I'm doing this stuff, I needed, to kind of situate myself so it's like all the shows are actually named after the days of the week just as much to help me remember when they're supposed to be as they are like you know for the audience like fun little nomadic devices so wildcard wednesday thursday thriller monday mayhem uh the only one that didn't get a special fancy name was the sunday live stream <laughs> Sunday, I'll, I'll have to come up with something for you sometime. Maybe during the middle of the show, we'll come up with it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I thought it was kind of neat how just you're able to get that moniker, the Fantasy Joker, like this far into the space or the game, I guess you could say, considering that's it's like right there for the taking. <laughs> yeah, no, that was pure luck. I backed into it and uh, I've talked about it on my own show where uh, I'm not a huge like comic book fan and nerd it, across the board. It really is the, I fell down the Batman hole, which is like a specific problem in the comic community uh, is you fall too much into the Batman stuff and you never leave. And that very much is like me. I'm such a huge like Batman nerd all the way back to like the old, old stuff. Uh, I learned like all the canon. That's why a lot of the live action movies kind of piss me off. Uh, but <laughs> It's neither here nor there. Just again, uh, I so I was like doing some research and there were a couple other names that were uh, floating about. But uh, again, the fact that I'm such a huge Batman nerd and that fantasy Joker was there for the taking, I was like, oh, this is too, too perfect not to use. 
Yeah, plus one of, one of the greater characters, you know, depending on how you look at it. Um, I don't really dive in too much to the comic side of it. And, and I am that guy, like the mainstream, like, you know, most, a lot of the, uh, what do you call off? Uh, what, I'm the guy that you, you would pick on. Yeah, I love all the action, live action stuff. It doesn't matter if it has like Marvel or DC on it. Like I'm going to like it. And even if it's not a good plot, it's not a good show or movie or anything like that. I just like them all. <laughs> See, I, I don't hate on other people who enjoy it because that's just not in my nature. I'm more of a live and let live type person, but it's really hard for me to personally enjoy certain movies. And like Marvel doesn't bother me as much. It's the Batman stuff again, because I'm so deep in the Batman hole. Um, and if I was that deep, honestly, my wife uh, didn't like Endgame for kind of the same reason. A lot of the Batman stuff doesn't land with me. And that when you are really dedicated to comics and existing characters, and this can be comics, novels, whatever the case may be, when you're already invested in existing characters and then they come along and make a movie out of it and just completely botch the characters uh, for the sake of their movie, it's like, to a certain degree, I feel like you should be true to the existing art. And that doesn't mean you have to go letter by letter on what's in it, but very basic things like the character's archetype and values and morals um, aren't something that you can just casually be flippant with. You know, it's kind of funny you bring this up and it's not even talking about fantasy football or comics or anything, but that Led Zeppelin shirt that you're wearing right there. So... Greta Van Fleet, how a lot of people pick on them. They're actually from my hometown. I, the kids rode my school bus growing up and everything. I didn't know who they were back then. But yeah, my brother went to their very first ever concert at this local barn that was there. So yeah, what is, what's your take on them? Are they, are they too too similar or do you, you not really care or know them even? <laughs> I think they're fantastic. Um, I don't listen to admittedly as much of their music as I probably should. Um, with But with Led Zeppelin, first of all, Led Zeppelin approves of Greta Van Fleet. So whether you out there disagree with them or not, the originators have backed them. And so if you're a Led Zeppelin fan, I feel like you should back them as well, almost just purely based on that. Um, but it's funny how much things have changed. You know, you talk about my T-shirt here. These four symbols that I have tattooed on my knuckles actually have a very significant backstory. Um, when Led Zeppelin was coming out with their fourth album, a lot of the critics at the time were basically saying like, oh, well, the only reason that they're selling is because they're a brand, kind of like Nike, and they've been popularized. It's not about the music necessarily, it's the brand. And so that's why if you actually look, their fourth album when they put it out had no album name, no band name on it, no real cover art. They each picked one symbol to represent themselves. These four symbols represent the bandmates and they put it out on a, it was just very simple black and white. And that album outsold every other album that was out at the time. And it was basically a big F you to the critics. <laughs> and so when you think about like that backstory, uh, you know, of Greta Van Fleet probably feels the same way about whatever critics are out there telling them that they are just a copy of Led Zeppelin. They're incredibly talented. Yeah, yeah. No matter what it is, you can't take it away from them. And I mean, I, I'm biased because like it's the hometown and that will lead us into and maybe this isn't your hometown, but I'm a Lions fan. True and true. It didn't matter where it came from. I was growing up there and no, I'm not a bandwagon. I was there when, you know, Barry Sanders was drafted. I was four years old, all that type of stuff. I have a coaster over here. 
But one of the first questions I actually asked the listener of the show is, if you have a loyalty, I mean, it's kind of cheating because I can see back of your wall over there, but if you do have a loyalty, what team do you follow? So, yeah, it's, it's pretty obvious for me it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, but it is... Uh, it's funny because as I've gotten older, it feels like not that the loyalty has faded, uh, but just that it's maybe more jaded than it was when I was just a kid. Because growing up, it was very much like my dad was a Steelers fan and I became a Steelers fan. And, you know, the mentality of the team uh, really rubbed off on me. I loved the blue collar toughness uh, of the Pittsburgh Steelers and what they represented uh, in the National league even going back to the steel curtain in the 70s like i've looked up a lot of the history the guys like uh jack ham back in the day and mean joe green just crushing these offensive linemen with moves that are basically completely illegal nowadays (laughs) um but yeah i've been a steelers fan my whole life uh and it feels like that's kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit as of late in the last maybe decade or so because I've gotten older and because the franchise has been really stagnant. And that's one thing that generally in ownership, whether it's football or otherwise, you know, in my real life, stagnant ownership, doing nothing and basically just repeating the same old problems is really something that grinds my gears. Um, so drafting Mason Rudolph uh, and skipping on Lamar Jackson and then again on Jalen Hurts, that kind of irks my soul a bit as a Steelers fan. But, you know, you stick through the bad times. It is what it is. Um, but I definitely have, like, other closet fandoms. And I'm from Canada. Uh, I'm originally from southern Ontario, so I grew up in Toronto. And in Ontario, there's like actually a really big swath of Steelers fans. I don't know exactly why. I think it's just because the town uh, or the town, the the province and many of the towns within identify with uh, Pittsburgh as a town, uh, as a blue collar mentality, as just kind of a state of being. And so we sort of adopted the Steelers as like our team. Uh, to represent us, even though people think it's the Bills because uh, they have that connection with Toronto. Honestly, a lot of people in Toronto, and they will tell you they are Steelers fans through and through. So it is the Steelers for me. It's also the only home. It's all, the only game I've ever gone to. Uh, we traveled to Pittsburgh when I was 15, watched them kick Tennessee Titans. Uh, so that was a real good time. Uh, I watched Ben Roethlisberger connect on, I think it was like a 69-yard pass to Antoine Randall to open up the scoring on the game. Uh, Willie Parker, shout out to him. He had a huge day that day too. Uh, So yeah, just a lot of um, good memories going back to my childhood that I hold on to for the Steelers. And it's like, that's kind of what gets me through, uh, you know, a myopic season like this one, where even though we have a winning record, it's just pitiful to watch this offense plot across the field yeah bringing it to fantasy football i heard a stat actually this morning when i was picking up the groceries about how it's the only team in nfl history to have less yards per game than the other team but still with the winning record or something like that i forgot exactly how it works but yeah it's like the worst record it's the worst best record in the nfl at this point Yeah, we have a streak going of something like 30 plus, uh, maybe it's also almost to 40 games now of under 400 yards total on the offense, which is insane. 
So yeah, they. I mean, you, it's funny you bring up Willie Parker. Fast Willie, the uh, the only time that they had the uh, Super Bowl in Ford's Field, that was when the Steelers had beat up the Seahawks, and he was. I want. I don't know if he was. I don't think he was the MVP, but he was on that team with Bettis that year. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he he was like an integral part of the team. He was the lightning to the thunder of the bus, who is one of my favorite players of all time. Uh, him and uh, James Ferrier was the other one because I actually always leaned with the linebackers, even though <clears throat> even though we suck up here because football just isn't the same uh, in terms of culture. Uh, I did play in high school and I played linebackers. So of course, like I favored the linebackers. So Farrier uh, and um, of course, I'm James Harrison uh, was the other one that I really enjoyed. Larry foot even uh, always liked him too. all the linebackers basically that played for them. Oh, uh, Porter was my other favorite. Joey Porter. Shout out to him. Yeah, you're talking about like that era of linebackers, but earlier you talked about history. I mean, Steelers have always been known for having like stellar linebacking play. Um, man, you you brought something up earlier. I wanted to ask. Oh, are are you an Argonauts fan too? Then, or do you not really follow a CFL? So, the, I joke about the CFL on my show all the time because it's <laughs> the most ridiculous league I've ever seen in my life. And this was before like the new information I've recently acquired. Uh, because I've been making fun of them so much, I had to like Google search some information about the CFL. So I had been lamenting that this is an eight-team league. All right, they've got eight teams total, and it turns out they fixed it. They added one, <laughs> so now it's nine teams. We have an uneven league of nine teams total, and I, the craziest thing is it's an eighteen-game season across twenty-one weeks with three bye weeks. The field is bigger. The end zones are bigger. The ball is bigger. Just almost it feels like we're overcompensating for something, <laughs> which is that nobody cares about football up here, honestly, is really what it comes down to. Um, I've joked about I played uh, high school football. I was captain of the football team. It made me less popular. Like people just didn't care. There were nobody in the stands. We didn't have bands. There were no cheerleaders. Our equipment didn't all match. Like <laughs> this was the most ragtag little giant stuff you've ever seen in your life. Cause it's all hockey up here is really what it is. Like the hockey culture is thriving. It's massive. Uh, shout out to the Sioux Greyhounds. So even though I'm from Toronto, I ended up moving up uh, north uh, to Northern Ontario in Sault Ste. Marie, which is a very small rural town. It's across from Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, uh, but there's nothing around this. Like the next closest town is Sudbury and it's about four hours away. Uh, but our hockey team is like legendary. So if you guys out there are watching Hulu at all, Shorzy is a really great show. It's the same dudes that make Letterkenny. And it's about uh, basically Northern Ontario Hockey League out of Sudbury. And in the show, they have a line of Sue is so effing good because the Sioux hockey team is known in the all of Ontario, basically like in, you know, across the other provinces is like Sioux Greyhounds is one of our premier, um, you know, like double A leagues. If you're comparing to like the pros, obviously. And we've had lots of legendary players. Uh, you know, Wayne Gretzky came through for a spell. Um, 
uh, Jeff Carter uh, was captain of our team, and he's been in the NHL for a minute. Uh, the newest guy now is uh, Mike Amadio of the Vegas Knights. Shout out to him, local Sioux boy. So yeah, Sioux St. Marie, Ontario. Nobody's really ever heard of it for the most part, but if you guys are out there, go watch Shorzy on Hulu um, and yeah, expand your hockey culture because that's really what matters for us Canadians up here. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. So I am a Michigander and, you know, because so, you know, when every time you go the Sault Ste. Marie, uh, I've been there a few times, but um, it's just it is way, way up there. I mean, even though I'm, I mean, it's like a six hour drive, I think, at least from where I'm at. And I'm not even in Detroit. I mean, I'm in the middle of Michigan. And I, um, I, I don't know if the Saginaw Spirit are in double A or single A. They might not play the Sioux. I, I'm, I'm not sure about that. Um, man, we got way off topic there. So you want to jump back to fantasy football now? <laughs> yeah, sorry. This no, is, no, that's it's in my nature because this is like what I do on my wild card shows. Is I don't talk about fantasy football at all. Uh, I get just I get to just talk about like sports culture more in in general theory. So, apologies if I stray off track. Feel free to rein me in. No, no, that's actually the reason why we have you on the show. The purpose of this whole fantasy football origin stories is not just to talk. You know, oh, who's your who's your sits and starts? Who's your whatever? You know, your sleepers. It's to understand how the person became to be, and this is cool because we talked about Led Zeppelin, we talked about you know Batman so far, we talked about you know hockey. So now let's bring that fantasy football though. And when did you actually seem so that's not part of your culture necessarily? And you were you know the nerd for being the star captain football player. How did you even get into fantasy football to begin with? So it's because of my real life playing uh, that people knew how much I loved football and how much I loved the NFL. And I followed it just as a fan. We didn't, we never really had like, I didn't have access to sports betting, fantasy, none of that really. I was uh, a late bloomer, but also an early starter, weirdly. It's kind of the curse of being the elder millennial where all of the technology, start, you just kind of got early access to it. Um, but with fantasy football, it really started to like pick up a lot of steam when I was about 20 years old. So that would have been about 2010. Uh, and that was around the time that my buddy, uh, uh, shout out to my best friend and one of the best men in my wedding, Ryan Lund, he was the one that got me into it. Um, he basically was just like, Hey, have you heard of like fantasy football? You'd be amazing at this. Cause I also am known as being a really good Madden player. Now I don't, I'm going to say right away for, cause people are probably like, Oh, I want to challenge. No, you can't challenge me. Cause I don't play on the new systems. To be honest, I'm really old school. I've got my, yeah, PS I see it back there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I refuse to update. So I still play Madden 13. It's like a long story of why we can get into it later. Just to get back to the actual origin story though. So my boy knew that I'm super into Madden, super into NFL, never heard of fantasy. And he says, Hey, you know, come jump in on uh, my home league. And it was the first year I played I'd, instantly. I was like, Oh, this is, I'm addicted to this. <laughs> that was, uh, he gave me the taste. He was like the, the guy out like, Hey, I got a little something for you. And now next thing I know I'm lined up around the block, just like everybody else for the fantasy football goodness. Um, <laughs> And it just kind of slowly progressed from there. Uh, you know, I played in that home league uh, and then added a couple leagues the next year. And 
uh, I think it was in 2016, I was living in Toronto. I had moved back down south at that point. I was older and uh, I was working and uh, I was really into the NFL fantasy show that they had just like it's called nfl fantasy live at that point uh and it was adam rank james co matt franciscovich matt Harmon, and um marcus grant and you know fabs uh fabiano would come in from time to time too but the main core was those five and adam rank and james co right away like with the wrestling references and stuff i'm a huge if if it wasn't football, like my big thing would be pro wrestling. And honestly, I feel like I, I like it better um, sometimes. Cause it's just so emotional, but again, going off track, the connection with rank and uh, co was because of the wrestling stuff. And they had the family, the uh, inaugural dangers only, which was like a 16 man league. I was like, Oh, that's like, the biggest league I've ever played in. Uh, again, this is like throwback to 2016. Nowadays, there's like 32 team leagues out there. Um, but yeah, I played with them. That was like the first family. I, you know, I was, they shouted me out on the podcast. I made it into the fan league. Uh, that was like a big moment for me as a fan. And again, just kind of slowly progressing. And I've just been playing fantasy football for so long that. Uh, at a certain point, I stopped having questions and started only having answers uh, where I stopped. I, I cut out all my podcasts that weren't directly entertainment related because I was like, I just I don't need to hear the same guys repeat the same stats over and over anymore. Um, I just I know what I'm doing at this point. And so I just want the guys that I still want the information, uh, but I want it delivered purely in an entertaining way. And if it's not that, then it's not for me. So, you know, that's where um, I kind of had discovered fantasy footballers uh, in their earlier days and kind of started following along different accounts like that. Um, and it wasn't really until very recently. Uh, and, you know, for a lot of people, it feels like their origin story started with COVID. And COVID definitely affected my life. Uh, fortunately for me, it was in positive ways. It changed uh, a lot of things for me where I was able to work from home. I'm a video game tester now, uh, which is like the coolest job ever. Um, so it's like a whole thing. But because of that transition and because now I felt like, okay, well, I'm very much like in control of my real life is really what it is. I was like, I feel like I now have the time for this hobby because I've got a daughter. I've got stuff going on. So it's like, I feel like I now have the time uh, for this hobby to be dedicated to it because for a long time I just knew like I'll never keep up with doing stuff weekly and making scripts and doing ad reads and all that like none of that interests me in any kind of way shape or form uh, so even in the way that I've set it up now all the accounts are just my main accounts in my name I've done the opposite of what everyone should do so everything I'm about to say guys if you're going to set up a podcast, do not do this. Uh, but it's all basically like my own accounts in my own name with just like me and like, yeah, I tagged it the fantasy joker. But if you look, it's all just at Jack Lusney, at Jack Lusney. It's just all me. And I had to make it that way where I was like, if I have to sign into like separate accounts and like manage it, I won't do it. Like, it's just not in my nature. So I really set it up to where it's like, I'm just going to make this like my main hobby through my main accounts because I'm doing it anyways. Um, 
you know, whether I was doing it as a fan uh, or now as a content creator, like I was already engaging in the space regardless. I was like, well, I may as well come at it from a different way uh, and just, you know, change my accounts a little bit and boom, here we are. <laughs> yeah, see, you kind of do- dove already into the hole. Let's take me. Oh, wait, I didn't. Here it is. There you go. You get to ride. There's the DeLorean. We got to talk about it every every episode at least once, you know. So you get that's what you're doing. You already went back. You kind of started the whole fantasy football origin story, like how you got to be. So let's dive more into that. Like the we at the beginning of the episode, we talked about like why the name fantasy football joker and how you got lucky it was there. But maybe dive further into why you decided to go that path and maybe describe some of the like you said, the wild card Wednesdays. And I forgot what you said for Thursday, what it was called, but like what the different kind of what the listener of the show can expect kind of thing. Yeah, so it. It was uh, difficult because there was a time and a place where I did do fantasy content and it didn't work out with the people that I was doing the content for. We had a disagreement. It was a personal thing. It's irrelevant, but the bottom line is um, I had been uploading all my content exclusively to their site. And then when it kind of fell, I was like, oh, well, that sucks. I don't want to do it anymore kind of thing. So this time, that was a long time ago and it wasn't really prevalent to what I'm doing now, except for the fact that this time around, I knew I had to make this 100% on me. Like I couldn't have, um, even partnerships in the loosest of terms in the sense of, you know, having a co-host try and schedule shows together kind of thing. Um, so right away I knew that everything I was going to do is going to be independent. And at the base I would do, um, affiliations. So, you know, one of my first ones is, um, just a guy that (laughs) I met him through. He runs, uh, the dynasty league I'm in and I like the way that he commissions and we developed a relationship and a friendship from there. And over time he started a fantasy football advice network. And so now I do drop all my articles exclusively to them, but I told him like, I don't want to be part of fantasy football advice network. Like I don't want to be Jack of FFAN. Um, I don't want uh, any of my content in terms of what I'm doing, like my Muppet stuff in terms of like my videos and stuff. I call it Muppet stuff because I don't have an intention. Like a lot of people I've, I think um, to like monetize to, you know, be serious even um, to kind of, make it, uh, in the industry, I guess, even, uh, I say all the time, like if one or 1 million people watches what I do, I legitimately do not care. Uh, cause I'm doing this for me. That was the other thing of like, I had to come at it from a place of, I'm going to do this independently so that a, it's all on my schedule and my time, uh, to make it easier. Just honestly, from a logistics point of view, um, and also, from accountability. Cause I knew right away, like I was going to do things different. I was going to skip intros, ad reads. I was going to swear. I was going to do a lot of stuff, um, that other people probably weren't going to do and might not want to interact with even. So I was knowing that in the back of my mind as well. Um, and then again, I just was like, I'm going to come at this from, I'm going to put stuff out that entertains me, that makes me laugh, that I have fun doing because if I come at it from that place, then I won't just stop doing it one day. It'll always be like 
a fun hobby. And if it turns successful, awesome. That's kind of how my life has always been. I fall ass backwards into good things. Uh, but if it just turns out to be a, a hobby that I do with a hundred subscribers for the rest of time, like I'm totally chill with that too. So I set it up to where I do have the fantasy advice shows. Honestly, they're like secondary. It's almost, I, I do them because it feels like almost like an obligation, but at the same time, I do want to share, um, insights that I have. Cause a lot of, it feels like a lot of times I'm in the minority for some reason. Um, even though a lot of time it's just not betting on outliers, which is kind of a crazy thing where it's like, if you just bet on the majority, you will be right. The majority of the time, that's kind of how that works. But also the fantasy football community is such that everyone's always looking for the outlier. So by betting on the majority, you kind of end up in the minority a lot of the time. It's like <laughs> a weird dichotomy that they yeah, it's almost like um, sometimes the so best plays I, are just. Oops, I sorry, I was gonna cut you off. I was say almost as sometimes, yeah, the best players are the best plays for a reason. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like yeah, taking Patrick Mahomes is not a bad pick, no matter when you do it, because he's Patrick Mahomes and he's gonna dominate. Um, so it, and there's all kinds of like you can't do this, you can't draft quarterback early, you can't, you gotta go zero RB. There's a million strategies. I. I've learned lots of lessons. Like uh, the first year I played, it was my friend's girlfriend that won because she took all 49ers because that's her favorite team. And they just happened to crush that year. And she crushed us all in the league. Sometimes it's just that easy, right? You take all the best players from the best team in the league and you actually end up dominating in fantasy. It's weird how that works. Um, <laughs> so yeah, real life football for me always kind of takes priority and because of some of those things, I feel like I have different insights to offer. Also, being Canadian, sometimes it feels like I'm on the outside looking in, where, you know, maybe other people who are right in the muck of the industry, you know, can't see the forest through the trees. And I have this outside perspective where, again, it's just, it's coming from a different place, a different culture, different experiences, different time, different lessons everything. So, uh, that's why, you know, I was like, I'm still going to do regular fantasy shows. The, the main ones I do are Monday mayhem, which is basically reactions. We're reacting to the week of fantasy football. Uh, I get to have a little more fun on those shows too. They actually require more prep and work though. Uh, cause I have to like actually have the list of the studs and duds. I call them hearts and farts. Um, but it's like prepping that list, uh, my favorite segment, who scored more than Kyle Pitts this week? Always got to make sure I get those <laughs> oh, names. Stop crap. it with that. Yes, it hurts me on <laughs> the one league. I, I only drafted him one time, and it was like I texted my brother. I'm like, oh, yeah, he fell this far. I guess I got to have him in one league to see what happens. But, yeah, bad idea. <laughs> so, you know what? This is a perfect aside, though, of kind of what I'm talking about. Uh, one of my earliest videos, I talked about how uh, Kyle Pitts was toxic. You can't draft him, but also that Bijan Robinson potentially was going to be a bust. And the two reasons, well, it's not the two reasons, the same reason for both of those answers was Arthur Smith. And I said it at the beginning of the year, it's been the, the case all through the year. The other one that, uh, you know, was a big call of mine was Tony Pollard as a bust. And it's again, the same thing of, Mike McCarthy, and uh, when they brought in Schottenheimer, I was like, oh, Tony Pollard is going to be 
crappy now because they're going to run the ball 20 times in the A gaps right up the center's butt. And <laughs> he's not going to be a very efficient running back. And it's like being able to just assess real life situations like that quickly on a surface level, honestly, is better than spending three hours diving into advanced metric analytics that honestly don't mean anything. Uh, I joke about Tajay snap percentage Spears, who hasn't done anything all year, basically. But if you listen to fantasy analysts out there, they'll tell you, man, this guy's so valuable. You got to have him on your roster. Like if you don't have Derrick Henry, there's not a single reason to have Tajay Spears on your roster right now. I'm sorry. Derrick Henry is a freak. That's like, and that, and then it's funny because it's like, again, this dichotomy of we want to believe in outliers so much, but we can't believe in the outlier of Derrick Henry's a freak human being that will not just drop off a cliff because he happened to hit his 30th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just some of these, um, you know, hot takes for fantasy football. It feels like um, I don't run that path. And so, for the advice stuff, I have again the Monday show. That's the reactions. Thursday, I just pull up the schedule. There's no scripts. I don't do scripts. It's all unrated, unfiltered. It's just me. I, I pull up the schedule and I just run through the games. And then sometimes I'll include another segment, maybe some Q&A stuff. And uh, the Sunday live streams were actually one that I adapted because originally I was going to not do any live streams at all. I was going to simply pre-record all my stuff, put it out. Because again, logistically, it was just easier um, but the London games, ironically enough, uh, made it so that the Sunday live streams kind of fell into my lap again, just kind of like everything else where I was like, Oh, I get up like really early, just naturally. Like, uh, ever since the time change, it's been messing with me because even though it jumped ahead, I'm used to waking up at six o'clock, which is now five o'clock. So I'm struggling a little bit with that. Uh, but I'm just naturally an early riser. Like I go to bed pretty early too, like, you know, 10 ish. Um, so I'm up usually about six, the latest. Um, so it just made it. So it's like, oh, well, you know, the London game started at nine 30. I'll just do my stream eight 30 to nine 30. And then I'll be able to pop in the London game. I can jump on some other live streams. And yeah, I did it for me. I was like, it just fits my schedule. It's easier. Um, but also I realized, oh, there's probably other people out there up early and like they don't have anything to do on a Sunday morning while they're waiting for football. And so even without the London games or, you know, it was the Germany game last week, uh, even without the international games, I've just decided like, oh, I'll just keep this schedule. I'll keep doing these Sunday live streams. And that's kind of how they came about because that was not originally planned at all. It's kind of funny because you buck the trends and everything else that you've been talking about so far. But for being a guy that's into comic books, you're a video game tester, you're a rocker, yet you're not a late night guy. You're an early guy. It was just funny because it's all it's all different the way that, you know, compared to the standards or whatever you want to call it. The uh, not, uh, not what, What's the word I'm looking for? Stereotypes. There you go. That's the word I was looking for before. I don't I want to move on. I don't want to move on before we earlier you mentioned uh, Fantasy Football Advice Network, was it? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I know I you don't give a, them some love. Yeah. So basically, Fancy Football Advice Network, it's honestly really cool what they do. Um, it's my boy, Tyler. So just to give a little background on Tyler, right? Um, he's a sales guy. And uh, the Dynasty League that I joined 
some it was the original owner brought me in and then kind of effed the league over and took off and just kind of left like 15 of us there, you know, hands in the air kind of deal. And uh, Tyler was the one ultimately that like took it over, managed it for the rest of that stupid season, and then like turned it into a real league. And now it's easily one of our best leagues. Um, so just seeing that uh, type of character uh, in someone, uh, because you know, commissioning is hard. It's harder than it looks. It requires integrity. It requires uh, you know a little bit of rigidness, rigidity. Uh, morals and values, but also flexibility and being able to adapt to the people in your league. Um, so it it takes kind of like uh, certain personality types to commission effectively and to do it in such a way that I was like, oh, okay, this guy's legit. So I started bringing him into some of my other more important leagues, uh, and we just you know developed a relationship over time, and. Uh, he started the fancy football advice network and, you know, he was kind of pushing me into like, Hey, you know, you should do some content stuff too. And I was like, yeah, I already kind of had it on the back burner, but he kind of put it more at the forefront. So I do have to give him credit of, he, he definitely made it more, um, prescient in my mind of, it felt like something I needed to do now. Uh, and so that was kind of where that conversation started with him of, and I told him straight up, I want nothing to do with the network in terms of me being a part of the network. I'm not a part of the network at all. And that was a very stupid thing to do because I guarantee you, he will be profitable far beyond my wildest dreams. And I want nothing again i just wanted nothing to do with it because of just the way that my personality is i didn't need the responsibility um and i didn't want the attachment um or to feel like i had a sense of duty so i very much was like look i'm fine writing for the site if you want to hook me up uh to be like an affiliate where i'm a writer uh, but all my stuff's going to be on my channel. I, I don't mind dropping it on your channel, but it's very needs to be separate. Um, and he was like, Oh, is it a, like, is it a money thing? And I was like, has literally nothing to do with the money. It's uh, again, the creative control and the scheduling and just everything needed to be on me and my shoulders. Um, and I didn't want to be, I didn't want to take on that responsibility for somebody else, regardless of what it was, whether it was a big thing or a small thing. Now it started as kind of a small thing and it's been growing much bigger. Um, so the fantasy football advice network, just to kind of give a layout, it's really cool. It is um, like Facebook and Twitter and fantasy football had a baby. So <laughs> it's supposed to be essentially like a social media site for content creators and fans to interact and mix in a social media setting where there is kind of like a live feed where you can post questions, get questions answered, uh, read articles, see videos, podcasts, all that kind of stuff. Um, but they also built in a lot of the standard uh, fantasy football metric stuff. So like trade calculators and all that goodness, uh, all that kind of analytical stuff is also available on the site. Um, and that's like uh, a big departure from like what I do. I've never used a trade calculator in my life except to laugh at it. Cause I think they're the stupidest things that have ever existed. 
Um, but again, it's just like, uh, the work that Tyler does, um, he really brought a lot of that stuff together and already the site has gone from, uh, I don't know again, like the super inner workings of how you run a website, but I can tell you that it went from like a base level version of running the website to it's already been massively upgraded. Um, the site today is light years. You talked about the DeLorean. He he took this thing from the 1950s, skipped the the present, went all the way into the future with it with the DeLorean. That's how good the site is now. And I can tell you that he's got a bunch of stuff coming that's honestly just gonna be. I I can't fully obviously uh, divulge like everything he's got going on, but I know they're working on getting an actual app. Uh, for your cell phone, which would be a total game changer. Like they got real stuff in the works. And again, it was like, um, I didn't want to be part of it. And it had nothing to do with that. I recognized he was going to be successful. I told him as much. I even gave him ideas on how he could do that. Cause I feel like uh, for fantasy football, there's room at the table for everyone to eat. Um, but for me, it was about, the level of responsibility that I feel like I'm taking on, I can't do it because I'm a Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get it. Uh, we'll have to have him on the show later down the road. We'll talk about that offline. Um, let's see here. Yeah. So, man, you've answered a lot of the stuff that I, I like to really get after, but how about a, from for, for being a Muppet, you know, you talked about in the future different things. How about a just a tip or a trick, I guess, uh, whatever you want to call it, because, you know, like, let me put a smile on that face. I, I'm trying to tie it in somehow to the Joker thing, but give some kind of, like, wild card idea to the person, the listener of the show, as far as, like, their fantasy football season. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have all kinds of tips. and So that's actually where I thrive, Um is more the strategy aspect of fantasy football and just fantasy sports in general. So here's one tip that I will give that I don't think gets talked about enough is play other fantasy sports. Um, whatever you're into, whether that's baseball, basketball, uh, hockey, even golf exists in like best ball formats. Um, but play other fantasy sports because it secretly teaches you like lessons that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Um, so one I can talk about a little more is hockey has taught me a bunch of lessons really um, about implementing strategies and the way that you manage your fantasy teams. And there is crossover in the lessons learned and how I'm able to apply them in fantasy football. So just as an example, in hockey, uh, goalies are basically the most useless <laughs> the most useless bumba clots you've ever seen in your life. You can get the best goalie and this guy will get injured, miss games, will get shelled for like eight shots, uh, eight goals uh, randomly. Like it does not matter. Goalies are the most useless thing in fantasy hockey of all time. Uh, there's a lot of what are called zero goalie truthers out there. And, um, so the idea is that even in a league, so in one of my leagues, you are supposed to start five goalies. You're not required to though. So a lot of, there's a couple guys who just have no goalies. They just punt the category completely, ignore it completely. And they're first and second in the league and they're first and second in points four, because 
there's like 10 skater spots that you're able to maximize on a on any given night where you're going to have like four more skaters than your opponent every single night and it accumulates over the week. So that's different than fantasy football, but learning um, positional outliers like now I had already learned this lesson regardless because of Jimmy Graham, uh, my first year in fantasy football, but understanding the value of a tight end uh, when they're actually exploding. So the Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews of the world, when they are on their game as compared to all the other tight ends, basically, and trying to guess which one is going to have a good week. And I think what doesn't get talked about enough there, too, is when you are talking about the onesie positions of quarterback tight end. So one of my favorite strategies for the last couple of years has been to double tap quarterback tight end early. Uh, and I was doing it with Mahomes Kelsey for the most part. So two years in a row in redrafts, uh, if I was at the back of the first round uh, at the one two turn, I was telling people take. Mahomes Kelsey you can figure out the rest of your draft after but if you have Mahomes Kelsey every week like that is an outlier and they're going to score like 80 points and you just have to get another 70 filled in with the entire rest of your roster but it's also because it narrows your focus on the waivers for the rest of the season I'm not out here scrounging for backup quarterbacks and tight ends uh, even on the bye week, if I'm like six and two by the time they hit their bye week or or anything better, I'll just eat the bye week. Like who cares? Um, I'll just like not start anyone that week, and I'll just continue winning after. It's fine. So like managing your team very much according to roster positions. And it varies in like, it's so different from league to league. It's hard almost answering start sick questions in a sense of like, if your team is 10 man PPR and start two wide receiver and start two flex, my answer for you is going to probably be different than 12 man half PPR, uh, start three wide receiver, one flex, like just that little difference of how the roster's constructed should change how you approach uh, managing your roster. So it's very league dependent on roster settings and scoring settings. And that's all like the myopic strategy, you know, stuff that you're able to hit on in the preseason. You can hit, you can hit that stuff. Like it doesn't matter the name of the players on the back of the Jersey. It doesn't matter who's coaching the team. It literally like none of that matter. You can manage those kind of things more effectively just from a sense of like, if I'm in a league with three starting wide receiver spots, I should know in my head that I need to hit those like five wide receivers in the top half of my draft. Not because I'm like one of these zero running back guys, but because the sheer math equation of having to start three of them versus any other position every week like you gain an advantage from having like the extra star that you're able to rotate in so that every week you've got three star options. It just affects the point spread across your team so much more drastically than any other position. And again, it's very dependent on does that league have that setting? Yes or no. And when you combine three wide receiver and full PPR, Oh my God, it's a nightmare. Make sure you've got, five wide receivers that you can start any given week because even with the flex spots, you can just throw them in there too. 
And for the most part, hitting on wide receivers is easier than hitting on running backs, especially nowadays with running back by committee and injuries. Like, give me the wide receivers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good point, especially with the whole, um, like you said, at the beginning, they're double tapping with Kelsey Mahomes. If you were with uh, the injuries that are happening nowadays, if I would have just done that with some of my leagues, I'd be like sitting pretty for the most part. Um Let's 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 leave leave the listener of the show. Okay, here's for somebody that said I'm just doing it for me and nobody else and the the, the passion. The the listener that's like, hey, I'm on the defense of maybe starting my own podcasts or articles or whatever it may be. Like, give them a piece of wisdom or advice as they move forward. Uh, it is the same thing of it has to be for you. And when I say that, I don't mean in the sense of you're delivering your content selfishly uh, or making it about yourself. But when I say it's for you, I mean that you have to have the passion to do it. Uh, it has to be fun for you to be typing that article and knowing in the back of your mind that if zero people read this, I had a really good time making this because it can be really hard when you put a lot of work into something and put it out there and it doesn't hit. And that happens to every content creator in every form of entertainment and every space that's ever existed. Um, so that's, that's probably the first thing I would say. The second thing I would say, and this is going to sound kind of stupid, but I would say if you don't watch pro wrestling, you need to start like yesterday because pro wrestling will teach you everything you need for any kind of entertainment that you want to do for the rest of your life. If you can pick up um, ring psychology is a big one, uh, but when you combine that with the ability to deliver promos, so especially unscripted promos, because that's basically at the end of the day, what we're doing for a business is delivering promos for however amount of time your video lasts. Uh, so being able to like engage the audience, um, that's a lot of the stuff I do comes from, you know, lessons learned from wrestling. So it's the pageantry, uh, the drawing people in being able to kind of switch off when you're playing uh heel or face, which is uh insider terms for uh bad guy and good guy. Um, you know, just all the little, and then promos, like I said, promo work is one of those things and you can do it around the house. Um, just, and it doesn't have to be to the level of, I don't get on the mic and talk into it. Like I'm a pro wrestler delivering uh, a speech to the crowd, but uh, I take the lesson. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour.
How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.